It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Thanks for being with us on this week's edition of the Plan with Dan podcast. Walter Storholt back with you once again, joined by the man of the hour as always, Dan Betzel, <laughs> founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors. Serving you throughout the greater Columbus area with an office in Gahanna near the airport. Find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, get ready. We're going to tap into that almost two decades of experience you have in the financial planning world today. You all set? I'm all set, Walter. Good to be with you again. Yeah, great chatting with you as well. And we've got some good things to talk about today. We're going to dive into a really good topic about 401k weaknesses. And we're going to explore and expose some of the biggest weak points in what is, Dan, I suppose, you're the expert at this, one of the most popular, if not the most popular, way to save for retirement. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Yep. So we'll dive into that in just a little bit. We're going to answer a question from Blair. Blair is actually a little bit concerned or wondering about tax brackets in retirement. So we'll get to the particulars of her question a little bit later on as well. Plus, we'll get to know Dan as usual here in a couple of minutes. But first, it's time to start off today's show with a quote of the month. And this one comes to us from Zig Ziglar. How would you describe Zig Ziglar? He's like just a, a business uh, expert on running businesses or entrepreneurship and that kind of thing. You know, when I when I first heard Zig Ziglar, I was a high school English and German teacher in the Cleveland area, and the principal was a big Zig Ziglar fan. And we actually began every day with a Zig Ziglar quote, and then he would say, "See you at the top." So it's kind of interesting you ask me that because <laughs> I, I think of him as like a educational, motivational guy because that's where I first. I mean, every day, you know, the you know, remember high school the yeah. morning. Announcements. Yeah. I yeah. did the announcements, Dan. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. Well, our principal did it, and um, and he, you know, he was a very happy, upbeat guy, and he would every day have a quote from Zig Ziglar, and then after the quote, he'd say, "And I'll see you at the top." <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that's so, great! It was it, it was fun. <laughs> so, He's one of those guys that does so many different things. I never really know how to describe what he does. So I think I guess now motivational speaker is sort of yeah, all encompassing, yeah, and that that yeah. makes sense. Well, anyway, in, in any event, he said. Uh, Expect the best, prepare for the worst, capitalize on what's to come. Huh, you know, when I first heard it, I didn't really like it that much, but I thought about it for a while. I thought, okay, so... You know, expect the best to me. That talks about our personal mindset, you know, how mm-hmm. uh, how we approach things, you know, because there's so much of reality, you know, takes place, you know, in that space between our ears. So, you know, expect the best personal mindset. But I love then the prepare for the worst. That speaks to me more about like physical, tactile actions, you know, things that we need to do, structures we need to put in place, you know, plans that we need to write down, you know, steps we need to take, you know, so if you have the right mindset, and you do the right practical things in the real world, then when you reach these, you know, critical junctures in life where you have to make a decision, you're going to be ready and you'll be able to capitalize, you know, on what comes. So when I thought about it, I thought, hey, Zig, you know, I, I do like this after all. And it also reminded me of, you know, decades ago when I first got out of college and I taught high school for two years. And I'll tell you, that's probably the hardest job I've ever had. (laughs) I can can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. 
Gosh, and that was a long time ago. Imagine nowadays. I got it's got to be even tougher, I would think, for for yeah. teachers today. <laughs> to be a good teacher is a um, well. I think it's a gift to the community, and it certainly is a very very difficult skill. And there are wonderful, there are fantastic teachers, and my hat goes off to them. Yeah, and value it when you get a good one. That's, that's for sure. Right. That's for and, sure. And I, I did misquote at the end just slightly, but words are important. So for accuracy's sake, it wasn't capitalized on what is to come. It was capitalized on what comes. Right, because so. we know we're going to have some. Headwinds. Everyone does in life, and if you're ready, you know you have the right mindset and you've taken the right preparatory steps. You're going to be able to turn whatever comes your way, you know, into something that's hopefully going to be very good in the long run for you. You're absolutely right. I love it. That's the quote of the month from Zig Ziglar: "Expect the best, prepare for the worst, capitalize on what comes." Now it's time to get to know Dan a little better. It's getting to know you time. My fun question for you this time around, Dan, is going to be outside of the financial world. So if you, if you divorced yourself from the idea of being a financial advisor, is there any area or discipline that you'd consider yourself an expert in at this point? I think I know the answer, but maybe take in a different direction. <laughs> I don't know. When I hear the word expert, I'm like, oh, boy. I mean, you know, expert. You know, this is like the more you learn about something and the more you know about something, the more you realize that there's a whole lot more you don't know. Yeah, yeah. And the moment you call yourself an expert at something, the moment someone's going to show you something you don't know, right? Of course, of course. So I, I don't like to use that word, but I guess what I would say... And if maybe, something you're proficient in. Yeah, or, or I guess I would word it a little... I mean, when I think about it, I mean, what are the things in my life that no matter what I do, I keep coming back to, you know, that and I, you know, I try to mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm done with that, but nevertheless, a couple of years later, it comes back. And I, I guess there are two. I really have like have had a, lo- a lifelong love or interest with linguistics. And I, I do have, you know, I don't talk much about it, but I, I do have a couple graduate degrees in linguistics. And so, you know, no matter, no matter where I am, I'm very interested in, you know, the history of the language, like diachronic linguistics, or I'm interested in some, just various aspects like that. I love reading about, people find this really geeky, like reading about grammar. And I'm sorry, and, what, uh, what was the word that you, dia what? Diachronic linguistics. Diachronic linguistics. I did not think we'd hear that word today, but there it is. I thought we were talking about spaghetti there for a little bit. No, but it's... <laughs> it's, like, it's the way the way the way languages have evolved over time, you know. Um, okay. and, uh, and there's a lot of linguists that have written some very, very really wonderful novels that you know I love to really dive into. You know, I, I wouldn't call myself an expert in it, but you know, whatever that means, right? I mean, I like I said, I can hold my own with that. And then I love music. I would definitely not call myself an expert in music, but I would call my. I mean, I'm a uh, a lover of it. And I'm constantly finding myself immersed in it, or I'll say, "Okay, I'm I'm done playing in this group. I'm not going to play anymore." And then a year a year later, I find myself, you know, doing it again. So I, I guess those are the two areas of my life that those I. Are great. Um, you're you're yeah. just showing off now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, mus- <laughs> I'm a musician, and uh, you know, di- diabolical linguistics. Uh, <laughs> no, you know. Di- diachronic, diachronic. Okay, <laughs> maybe my, they are my, diabolical. Well, the, they are the, diabolical the, if, if the name of the name of the rose by Umberto Eco. I mean, I guess that's a use a diabolic use of linguistics. <laughs> If anybody just, knows just, knows that knows that novel, just showing off. My southerner in me wants to come out now. Dan's talking about these diabolical uh, linguistics, and oh man, too funny. I love it's it. Funny, uh, you're a smart funny. man, and uh, I, I imagine any discipline or area you put your mind to, you're going to become. You know, even if expert's not the right word. You're going to become an expert or very proficient in it. It certainly is fun for me. Yeah, yeah. And you can hear the passion in your voice when you talk about those things. So 
Pretty neat. Thanks for sharing that with us, Dan. Uh, It's one of our pleasures here on the show each and every time to answer one of your questions on the program. So let's get to it and open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So if you want to submit a question, by the way, go to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Look for the contact button and you can get in touch that way. This week's question comes to us from Blair. Blair is in Westerville. And Blair says, I was always told that I'd be in a lower tax bracket in retirement and that I should be putting as much money into my 401k as possible. Now I'm retired and I'm not in a lower tax bracket and all of my savings are going to be taxed as ordinary income. What went wrong here? Oh, Blair, that is a fantastic question. As a matter of fact, you know, I think I've spent the last two and a half, three years of my professional career talking about this exact issue that that you've asked me about. And, you know, you personally have done nothing wrong. I'm afraid that on some level, the profession has let you down because, you know, it was the traditional standard of care that we should defer as much as possible to take use, you know, of the 401ks and the 403bs and, you know, your traditional IRAs and keep deferring and deferring because when you retire, the, the story went, you'll be in a lower tax bracket. But what I've what I have seen happening to my clients is that this actually is not the case. And it sounds like you're experiencing this yourself. So, you know, in, in addition, now you didn't mention this in your question, but I hope you already hope you know this, but you soon will know it, that in all probability, you know, up to 85% of your Social Security now is going to be taxed because you're pulling money out of these retirement accounts during um you know, during retirement. So you know, I, I would encourage you to get online and ask for my Rescue Your Retirement Tax Planning Toolkit. There's a great book you can read. And even though you're retired, I don't know exactly how old you are, but there's still, there could be some steps that you could still take, you know, to deal with this, what I call the tax ticking time bomb, you know, that a lot of people aren't aware of. And, you know, for your children and for, you know, maybe your grandchildren, there's certainly lots of things that they can do so that they don't end up in the same situation. That, that you've ended up, uh, and, I, and, I, and I feel for you, but don't be too horribly discouraged. I think there are still things that you can do. And, you know, um, sit down, read a book, educate yourself, get online, get my toolkit, Rescue Your Retirement Tax Toolkit, and start taking some steps, you know, to give yourself some relief. But a great question. I think it's industry-wide problem. And I think the advice that younger people are getting hopefully will not be the same advice that was given to people our age. So I wish you the best and thanks for the question. Great question, Blair. Thank you for that. And the toolkit that Dan mentioned is the Retirement Rescue Toolkit with great information there specifically about taxes, especially about taxes, Blair, um, and anybody else who might be listening and in that, you know, same vein of being a little concerned about what bracket am I going to be in? What is my exposure to taxes? What are some strategies that I can utilize? All of those kinds of questions and concerns get addressed in that toolkit, as well as some other important financial and retirement planning information as well. You can get the toolkit by clicking on the link in the description of today's show. No matter what app you're using or website you're on, you should be able to look in the description or summary of today's show and see that link. Or go online to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or give Dan a call as well, 614-472-4510. Lots of ways to get in touch, 614-472-4510. Well, uh, 401k obviously was where Blair was investing a lot of her money in, putting as much in as possible, she said. And she's not alone. A lot of people invest in 401ks. And I guess in this next part of our conversation, Dan, we're also going to kind of lump together 
401ks and 403bs, TSPs, 457 plans, all those kind of get lumped into this advice? Yes, absolutely. Okay. They're, they're, because they're all qualified. They're all tax deferred. And, you know, you get a tax deduction now, which feels really, really great. But when you pull it out during retirement, as Blair's question, you know, I mean, so articulately, you know, formulated the issue, you're going to be paying 100% ordinary income. And it also affects the taxation of your Social Security. Yep. Great point. So 401ks, they can be. And so just whenever you think of 401k, think of all those other plans. Too. Absolutely. Um, we just won't say them every time. Or even a traditional IRA. It's okay. the same thing, right? Same Throw thing. that in there as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, as far so, as taxation is concerned anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good qualifier. That's yeah. for sure. So your, your 401k, these different tools, these different plans can be very powerful retirement savings tools and assets, but they're not perfect. And so I want to talk about some of the weaknesses that we should be aware of in these different plans. The first one we'll expose here, Dan, we've got four on the list. First one is administrative costs. What is there to be concerned with here? Yeah, so I, I want to address that, but I want to just step back for a second. And, you know, so, I mean, how has this developed, you know, historically, you know, as there's been this movement from what we call defined benefit plans, also known as pensions, you know, where you retire and the company pays you a pension for the rest of your life and your spouse's life to what these are defined contribution plans. In other words, you know, the 401ks. So no one's promising you income when you retire. You're putting money into these plans and it's up to you, you know, to determine and to figure how much, how to invest it in order to get the income. So the companies have put all of the burden, taken the burden off themselves and put it all on you, the individual investors. And, you know, it's not only that they did that, they also passed the cost on to you. That's what you had mentioned, you know, the administrative costs. These plans are, expensive. I mean, some of the larger plans, they even get kickbacks. So the company is actually, you know, getting a kickback from the large provider in order to offer this plan to its employees. So, um, you know, these costs can be very, very expensive. So, and they're also going to be difficult to even figure out what the real costs are. So I just encourage you to be really, really careful of the plan that your um, company is offering you and what's it really costing because it's going to fit into a bigger picture, right? You don't want to end up like Blair, you know, the person with the, um, the mailbag question. And maybe it's not wise for you to participate to the extent that you're participating now, you know, in the plan. As a rule of thumb, you know, if the company is matching, you know, if you're putting 3% and they're matching 3%, then I think that makes a lot of sense. But I sometimes talk to people and they're like, well, my company matches three, but I'm putting in eight. And so I'm saying, well, maybe that other 5%, the part the company's not matching, maybe we can find a better investment vehicle for that. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. Efficiency really is yeah. a big part of that equation. Efficiency right? and costs mm-hmm. and choice. You know, some of these funds just don't have a lot. You know, I, sometimes I'll try to help somebody with a new job and I love to help them figure out how to put together a portfolio. And I'm looking at like 15 choices. You know, <laughs> so it's not that yeah. much to choose from. Very limited, you know, asset class selection. So it's very hard to develop a well diversified portfolio that's going to be efficient and that's going to give you market returns, you know, when I have all these, first of all, high costs and then I have very limited asset classes that I can pick from because, you know, there are 19 distinct asset classes and I've never yet seen a company, 401k, that provides choices in all of these 19 distinct asset categories. Well, that's kind of weakness number two is the mutual funds and not much else that's in there. And then limited asset classes being another one of those major weaknesses. So, 
Yeah, so it's not just asset classes, which is a part of it, but also how are the funds being managed? You know, are they indexed funds? Are they mm. EFT funds? Or are they actively managed funds? And of course, that's a whole different layer of costs and conversation. So I, on one hand, you're totally right. I would You can lump them together, but they're actually two distinct issues. Can I get access to the 19 distinct asset categories? And then if I can, which I've never seen yet, but if I can, can I get it in a fund that's not going to be actively managed and that's going to be provided for for a very, very low cost. Additional costs above and beyond those administrative costs we talked about a second ago. Layers upon layers of costs. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot to be trying to track here, Dan. You know, my piece of paper is filling up with all these different things I need to track from an expense terminology. Uh, What's another 401k weakness that you'd like to point out? Yeah, so, you know, I see this a lot, especially, you know, I'm here in Columbus, right? So a lot of people, including my wife, they have 457 plans, Ohio Deferred Compensation Plans, because they're either working for a public university or they're firemen or, or one of the public schools. And sometimes, you know, the names of these funds are so misleading, like they'll call it the stable fund, for example. So if you have a 457 plan, you might want to pull it out and say, hey, do I have this stable fund? It sounds really good. I mean, you know, who doesn't want a stable fund, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it sounds, sounds good great. It sounds great, too. I remember the first time I actually looked to see what was inside the stable fund, I was kind of shocked. I mean, they were you know, um, mortgage-backed securities. And I mean, they're actually very complicated investment tools. And they're either going to be very complicated mortgage-backed type security uh, interest type of funds. Or on the other hand, they could just be almost be just money markets, which of course give you almost no return at all. So you got to be really careful when you're picking. You just can't go by the the name of the fund because some of them can be misleading. Yeah, that's a really great point. So we've got sort of the four exposures of 401k weaknesses, administrative costs, mutual funds are available, but not a whole lot else, limited access to asset classes and subpar conservative investments sort of being point number four there. And I want to put a wrapper around all of yeah, it, right? So it. so if I meet with somebody, of course, every situation is different, you know. So if I meet with somebody and, like I said, their employer is matching three, four, five percent. To me, that's a no-brainer. I mean, yeah, you need to participate up to the amount that your employer is matching because that's it's a hundred percent return, right? <laughs> Absolutely, it's it doesn't free get money. any better than that. Of course not. <laughs> but you know, then I would think with any extra money, rather than putting it into the four hundred one k, which may have been more traditional advice, you know, keep that deferral kind of kind of what the mailbag question was about. I would say consider taking that money and opening up your Roth, and. If your company has a Roth 401k option, wow, really look to see if that's something that's going to make sense for you. I see that more and more, still a minority of companies, but more and more companies are offering the Roth 401k and suddenly then we have flipped the whole tax issue on its head. Of course, there are implications for your current tax liability, but long-term planning, it makes so much sense to try to get that Roth option either outside of your 401k plan, you know, just open up your own individual Roth or through work if that's an option. And of course, it has to fit each individual person. I'm not telling everyone to go do that. There are limits on how much you can put into the Roth income. Nothing is as simple as a simple rule like that, but nevertheless, take the time, look into it and see, you know, what's going to be the best for you and your family long-term. My wife has the uh, Roth 403B, so uh-huh, very wonderful. V- very useful, and we've uh, it's been very neat to be able to do a little bit of Roth, a little bit of you know the more traditional side to kind of get a little bit, little bit of a current benefit, but also then a little bit of a uh, you know we know that we're planning for the future as well by using the Roth option too. 
my daughter is a teacher in New York City and she has the exact same option and I was very happy when I was helping her, you know, set it up that she had that option just like your wife. It's 20, 30 years, it's going to make, wow, a real difference. Yeah. And I will say, and you can, you know, put me back in my place if need be here, Dan, (laughs) just sort of a, a final thought here though. If you are a person who struggles to save money once it's hit your bank account. Mm-hmm. So if it hitting your bank account and then grabbing those funds and then putting them into a savings vehicle is tough for you, that I could see as being a reason to kind of deal with some of these weaknesses and still be putting in a lot of funds into a 401k or 403b if it's helpful for you to have it just go straight from your paycheck into account and not have to go to the checking account first. Well, you can also do the, I mean, some employers will actually, you know, the payroll company will actually send it to a third party for you anyway, but you can also set it up at your bank so that the day you get paid, you know, it goes out immediately as well, you know, through an ACH form. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are other ways you can handle that as well. See, um, there you go. You solved yeah. the problem right there. So. So. <laughs> you, you, don't ha- you, you don't have to physically, like, write a check every month. It, it can happen automatically while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. As soon as the, you, know, you get paid on the 15th at, and the exact same night, they pull the money out. So it's only there for a second. It bounces right back out. You know, Te- to your, technology to your... has gotten us to that absolutely. point where that's, absolutely. that's not really an argument for you know, contributing over and above a match into a 401k. No, it, it, we can handle that with, a, you know, with okay. one sheet of paper. Very cool. A lot of weaknesses in the 401k, still great vehicles because of those matches and some of those other benefits there. But a lot of people do find that it makes sense to, uh, you know, not contribute too much to those accounts. And you heard some of the reasons why on today's show. Anything else we should mention today, Dan? Great podcast. Learned lots today. Great. It's been great um, working with you. And I'll look forward to our next meeting. You got it. If you've got any questions for Dan about retirement or your financial life, give him a call. 614-472-4510. Get your questions answered. 614-472-4510 or go to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com Lots of great information there on the site We'll put a link to the site in the description of today's episode as well For Dan Betzel, I'm Walter Storholt We'll talk to you next time back here on the Plan with Dan podcast Thanks a lot Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.